Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. Another week, and you know what that means? Another great week of running and faith talk with Dean and Mitchell, right? That's right, Dean. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. What about you? I'm good. Thanks for having me this morning. Oh, this is going to be fun. Uh, So how is aging going? You know, there there are some reasons. It's a bad week to ask me that. (laughs) There are some reasons to be glad that we're gaining experience. And we're going to talk about that. We're gaining wisdom, but we're losing fitness. Yeah, yeah, a little. Or speed or whatever you want to yeah, say. Yeah, a little of both, right? Yeah. It's all good. But it's all good, yeah. Yeah. And then in Dean's thoughts, I'm going to share a formula for changing the way you think. Some people like formulas. Some people don't. But uh, but I'm, I'm going to I'm interested sh- to hear that. I'm going to yeah. share one that I just came up with kind of off the top of my head. Well, hey, before we do that, let's talk about this week's sponsor. All right. Again, if you're out there and you have a business and you would like to sponsor Run for God and and allow us to promote your business, we would love to have you. Simply send an email to runlanehollis at gmail.com. Of course, Lane is my son. He's the one that handles kind of all the sponsorships and things, and he would love to talk to you. Uh, But this week's sponsor is Ken's Car Star. Ken's Car Star features state-of-the-art unibody and frame repair equipment, expert painting, towing assistance, vehicle pickup and delivery, and nationwide warranty in a clean, inviting environment. They've repaired more than 4 million vehicles. That's hard to believe. 4 million vehicles since 1989. And that's why more people choose CarStar Auto Body Repair Experts for their vehicle repair needs than any other body shop. Call our local Ken's CarStar and schedule a free estimate today. And you know the crazy thing about Ken's being our sponsor this week? is I'm taking my truck to him in the morning. Uh, (laughs) I backed into a telephone pole a few weeks ago, and it's one of those things. (laughs) You don't know whether to be mad or embarrassed, or it's just, I mean, I've got a backup camera in my truck. (laughs) And I've got beepers on my truck. I've got every warning device known to man on my truck, and I backed into a telephone pole. No good excuse. And it got the bumper. And the bumper on these newer vehicles... They're expensive, aren't it's they? Not, it's not a $200 bumper like I remember when I was a kid going finding one at the junkyard to replace on yeah, my truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, don't uh, do that anymore. So, I remember when Ken's first got started, Ken was my next-door neighbor. Mm. The guy who started Ken's, you know, it was Ken's Body Works at right. the time. And I remember when they started it. And, yeah. I mean, just in this little tiny little shop, and they've grown. And of course, they moved to a new location. They're so big now, and yeah. there's like four locations in this area now. And, and two of your boys actually and, work and, there now. And yeah. my two boys work there. Yeah, so, uh, it's, a, it's a good group of guys. I'm always really impressed when I go down there just how friendly and inviting and I mean, it's it's a really cool atmosphere down there that they've got going, and it's uh, it's not an atmosphere you see at most body shops. Well, and I think I said this once before on this podcast when we when we talked about this before, but Ken's uh, Car Star is the youngest 
average age of employees in the entire country of all the car stores. Well, you all can tell when you walk in there. Yeah, so. they're, they're fairly young. And this business is an older person's business. And so it, they're very unusual. Everybody calls Jamie at Ken's car store to ask him, how do you do that? Yeah. Because they want to know because they're they're getting older in these other places and they're afraid their their folks are going to retire and yeah and, and Ken's is going to be going for a long time yeah I have a Facebook post from this past week and this one's a little different a lot of times we share these big long stories and and things this one was really really simple but I loved it for its simplicity um, and this is what it says it's it's from K. Montika Thompson, Motika Thompson. I'm not sure how you say her name. I'm not even going to try. But uh, Kate, let's, can I just call her Kay Thompson? I'd like to. Uh, if I if I offended you, Kay, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> how about this though? She says, "I don't know this person who just ran nine miles. I would have never believed in a million years that I could actually do this. Thank you, God, for my strong, healthy body." Hmm. Just so simple, to the point, and how many times do we see this where people do something and they're like, I can't believe I just did that. That's the stories that keep us going. I mean, it's, it really the, it's the people who say, it's the turning the I can'ts into the I just dids, which yeah. we say all the time. And it's it's just, just another example of that, that it's, it's not anything we do. We just yeah. are trying to give people tools. Um, and help people believe in themselves. Right. And this is, this is somebody... If you're in the Facebook group and you saw this and you haven't run that far, mm -hmm. uh, hopefully this inspired you too. Absolutely it will, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and if you're out there and you're listening and you haven't taken the plunge and you haven't decided to do a little bit more, um, then you're just around the corner from this very comment, from making mm -hmm. this comment yourself. Sure. Um, uh, and then, of course, my, my other favorite part of this verse is the way that she just stresses her thankfulness for an ability that we just take for granted, right? Mm -hmm. All the things that we do that are, are normal everyday things. I mean, running really is a, it's a normal, fairly everyday thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and, um, and just being thankful for that, I think, is important. Because um, Lord knows the, the, the world around us is going crazy. Normal is pretty appealing these days. Yeah, and I, I think, at least for me in my life, we don't spend enough time doing exactly what Kay did. Yeah. It's, it's just being thankful for the things that God does give us. You know, so many times we, we focus on the things that we don't have or the things that we need God to help us with. But coming to God in, a, in an attitude of thankfulness is biblical. I mean, yeah. it's it's how we should start our prayer. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, just a And this point's been driven home to me really, really solidly over the past week. Uh, my... Uh, my stepson mm -hmm. um, is in the hospital and he's paralyzed from the waist down. Right. Suddenly, just out of the blue, just never saw it coming. It wasn't an accident. Um, he got sick and yeah. basically and and uh, and had something to kind of attack his spinal cord. Now, he might be able to in the future. Sure. He may be able to walk. He may never walk again. We don't know. Right. But when we, we say sometimes we don't know, we, tomorrow's not guaranteed. It's really not. Yeah. It's just so unlikely that something like that's going to happen that we just discount it completely. But it just even underscores even more why being thankful for today and what we have today is so important. And being thankful for the simple things. I yeah. mean, yeah, the ability to walk. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, we could, 
you, you could spend hours and hours and days we really could being thankful for mm-hmm. the things that we have but so many times we take those for granted and we we shouldn't yeah yeah yep. so good job Kay. trivia question uh from last week true or false if you're a runner you're much more likely to one day need a knee replacement surgery. I've heard this over and over again. Every time that I tell somebody who is a non-runner mm-hmm. that I'm a runner and I've been running for years, their, their question is, how do your knees hold up? How in the world can you do that? Well, that's because this question and the answer to this question is false. Mm-hmm. Uh, knee injuries um, are really popular in running. There's even right. a, a knee injury that's called runner's knee. I'm dealing with one right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well. But it's not because of running. Right. I mean, it's, 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 not, it's not caused by the run itself. Well, and sometimes it can be. It can, it, it can be inflamed. Right, exactly. By the run. Right. Uh, but more times than not. I mean, mine is, I've concluded mine is, I'm one of those guys, you can hear my knees when I walk up the stairs, my left knee specifically. And that's not because of running. That's... I don't know what it's caused from, but it's, it's, I mean, I'm convinced there's some arthritis in there or something, but, uh, but a lot of people, you know, jokingly will point to me and say, well, yeah, it's cause you're a runner and that's, that's not the case. No, not at all. Yeah. I've got problems in my left knee and the problems for my left knee. I remember the day that I hurt my left knee mm-hmm. back when I was much younger living in South Georgia and I was playing basketball outside and I landed on it. Mm. Um, and I, I believe I never went to the doctor with it, but I believe I broke my kneecap mm. and, um, yeah, it's still, it's still really weird feeling yeah. uh, from time to time. But anyway, studies show that people have less knee problems if they're lifetime runners rather than more problems. Right. So, um, you know, interesting thing. Holly also has knee problems. She, it, it, it has stopped her from running more than one time, but she can trace hers all the way back to elementary school. And you know what caused her knee problem? What was that? Red Rover. Red Rover. She dislocated her oh, kneecap no. playing Red Rover. So for all you people out there saying that running is bad for your knees, no, it's Red Rover. Red Rover it's is worse for, for you than running. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, if that weren't enough, while her knee was still injured, her and her brother thought it would be this incredible, this is before Home Alone. Now, remember this. This is before Home Alone to ride a hydroslide down the stairs in their house. <laughs> You know, later we saw that in Home Alone. Yeah. And, well, I say it was before Home Alone. When did the original Home Alone come out? That was a long time ago. Maybe that's where her brother got the idea. Because it was her brother's idea. Yeah. And Felicia's probably out there listening because she's going through this program right now. (laughs) But, yeah, her brother and her decided to ride a hydroslide down the stairs of their house with a dislocated knee. Sounds perfectly logical (laughs) to me. (laughs) Lord have mercy. (laughs) Uh, yeah, you have you have to understand that any activity that you do is going to increase the likelihood that you're going to get injured, right? Mm-hmm. In other words, for example, you will never get in a car accident if you never drive your car. Sure, it just won't happen, right? You can't get you're not going to get a knee injury sitting on the couch if you never get up and do anything. Sure, yeah. Um, so so obviously, yes, you're you're going to wind up with more knee injuries. But here's the difference. The difference is, is that person that's sitting on their couch, never getting that knee injury, uh, one day is never going to be able to get up off that couch. <laughs> yeah. Way before that person who's a yeah. runner. So, uh, yeah, running diminishes the likelihood that you'll end up with osteoarthritis, which mm-hmm. is what a lot of people talk about. Um, doesn't mean you can't get it, but it mm-hmm. does mean that your chances are less. Um, 
you know when when you're when you run and this works in any of your joints there's a there's a, some stuff called synovial fluid that runs all through around your in and around your tendons and things that it's kind of like oil mm-hmm. you know it makes things move easier and um the more that you move the more mm-hmm. of that oil that lubricant gets released so is that the same as glucosamine is it the same i don't know because i always yeah. refer to that lubricant as glucosamine, glucosamine. Yeah. yeah i guess yeah. it might be in the same family or yeah or it's like all that. the same stuff yeah um the 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 uh synovial fluid is more in the tendons okay um and the actual joints is right as i guess but all these all these joints get lubricated sure uh, more the more that you use them and so right. it's actually good for for you to have that so running is a high impact sport so anytime that you you, you do anything high impact then it's, it's going to affect things a little bit more but um, high impact also strengthens it does your it's bones exactly it right. builds bone and and creates healthier bones so there's there's that side of it the feeling is is that most reasons for knee injuries and impact injuries are not because we're running, but because we're running with poor form sure. more often than not. And a lot of that goes back to, and there have been a lot of studies this, that will support, um, and some that don't necessarily support, but studies that support the fact that the running shoes that we wear these days with a big, thick heel has been much worse for us than uh, than when running shoes weren't so big and thick. Mm-hmm. Because we we tend to land on our heel more now be, because we can. Right. Well, if you run barefoot, you realize you can't you, do that. You yeah. can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and, and, that, and that's our body telling us that's not good for us. Uh, yeah. But we do it because we can. So, yeah. So yeah, the 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 whole idea of bad knees and running they don't go together at all. Right. So there you go. It it is time now. We're going. Let's talk about coaching the marathon challenge challenge so if you're watching this and you don't even know this yet but we have a cool new graphic and we're going to put the graphic up on the screen but yes we have a challenge that we're putting out from now until the end of the year and it is the coaching the marathon challenge challenge that's a mouthful isn't it? yeah it is but the idea is that we want ten thousand people to join us this january for the marathon challenge, the couch to marathon challenge. And we can't do that alone, you know, but there is a lot of you out there that can help us do that. So what we're going to ask is this January, we want you, yes, you, I'm not talking to the other person, I'm talking to you. We want you to join us in coaching the couch to marathon challenge, challenge, the couch to marathon challenge. And how? so how do you do that? It's very similar if you've ever taught a Run for God 5K challenge, 10K challenge, one of our challenges before. It's very similar to that, except this time around it's going to be different. We're doing a lot of the heavy lifting for you. We're going to be teaching people uh, through the videos. All you have to do is basically get people together in your community, form your own little club, Run for God Run Club, and join us starting this January. You can do all your runs together. You can do some of them separately. You can do the class time together, or people can watch it on their own. The The great thing about the new Run Club format that we have is you've got a lot of options. So you may be one that loves to teach, and you can still do that. You can get the, the curriculum, and you can actually teach the program. Or if you're not comfortable teaching, you can pull up Sunday's video, and you can hit play. Mm-hmm. And you can watch the video. You can watch Dean and I talk and teach. And then when the video's over, you can simply talk about it. 
to, that's that's where I this is the part where I love about the classes that I've taught. It's not the teaching part because I'm not a great teacher. You know, that's why I laugh sometimes where why why God has me where he has me. <laughs> but there are many instructors out there who can coach circles around you and I. I mean, mm, I have absolutely. several names popping in my head right now. Mm-hmm. But I love to get to the point when the when the the education part is over and you look out and you say, What do you think? And then you start those conversations. That is where these relationships are formed. That's where the accountability is built. And we say it all the time, your life will be changed more than the students you're leading. So this January, the Couch to Marathon Challenge Challenge, the Coaching the Couch to Marathon Challenge Challenge, we want you to join us. Yeah, uh, and you're absolutely right that, first of all, it is going to be easy to do. Um, and it's gonna, and if you haven't done it and you've thought about it, you don't, don't wait any longer, go ahead and, and make the commitment because you're going to find that it's going to be spectacular. And so if, and enjoyable. if you want to do it, first of all, you got to be a member of run club. That's, yeah. that's everything falls under the run club umbrella now, but if you're a member of run club, log in and go to the coaching tab. And you can read more about it. We've got as much as you want to read or as little as you want to read on there. Uh, but we've got all the information on there now. So go check it out. And, you know, right now is better than ever. You mentioned that we're, we've done a lot of the heavy lifting for folks. But even past that, in the past, in those those times between class times, mm-hmm. there was really nothing to to do. I mean, and but now you got the podcast to listen right. to. There's other videos you can listen to. So there's there's tons of resources out there to kind of keep folks motivated a little bit more than it used to be in the past. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Run Club has an incredible amount of content now that, you know, always in the past we've had the 5K challenge. Mm-hmm. And our number one question for years has been, well, what next? Well, Run Club is the answer to what's next. Not only are we doing the couch to marathon next year? So we'll basically be doing instructional training all year long, but in between and even after, Run Club keeps you motivated. I mean, like I said, we say it all the time. The Run Club Facebook group is worth the price of admission Absolutely, by itself. Yep. I was on there last night and just seeing the post and the the people like we just talked about that's doing things that they never thought possible. That's inspiring. That inspires me, and I've been doing this a long time. Yeah. It inspires you. You've yeah. been doing this way longer than me. So it's that that one thing alone is worth the price of entry. But just all the additional content you get uh, along with that, it's just you twenty seven cents a day. You yeah. can't beat it. Absolutely. Well, we are sponsored by J Radio, the world's greatest digital platform. If you haven't listened to J Radio yet, go out there and check it out. As a mom, I want to make sure we choose a cereal that's not entirely derived from sugar. Their car seats have to be nationally CPS certified, and their first car has to have every possible safety feature known to man. I just want to do my best to make sure that they're safe. One thing I don't have to worry about is the content they hear on J-Radio. Not only do they love the music, but I know it's only going to be a positive message that I would approve of. Now, if I could just figure out how to get my youngest from sticking everything up his nose. Sign up at jradio.com and download the new J Radio app in your app store. All right, we're back. And you know that you can send questions to dean at runforgod.com. 
and uh, I've had some really good questions, and I've had some uh, some other questions besides good questions occasionally, uh, but not mostly. Mostly they're good <laughs> questions, and uh, <laughs> just understand that when you ask a question, give me some details because very often I get pretty general questions, and we're, we're having to go back and forth try to figure out and get to the bottom of things. So give My as foot hurts. As possible. What yeah. do I need to do, Dean? Yeah. yeah a little more context than that. That's a tough question to answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We are going to talk about somebody's story here in just a minute. And you have a story. And if you haven't shared your story yet, shame on you. You should have shared it by now. But I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to give you the opportunity to still share it. Sure. So go to runforgodrunclub.com and share your story so that we can put your story right here front and center in front of all of Run Club for them to see. Because I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, my story is not spectacular. It's not fantastic enough. Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. Because everybody's story will impact somebody else. Yeah, I'm always amazed at the ones that, uh, when somebody somebody tells a story, you know, it, it, how about this? This is this is a, a different angle, a sermon. Mm-hmm. You get through listening to a sermon, and I've I've heard people just go on and on about a particular sermon. I'm like, well, here's another one. I went. Uh, we had something at the college, and somebody showed a, a kind of an inspirational video. It was supposed to be really inspirational, right? And I got through looking at it, and I'm like, it really wasn't inspirational to me. <laughs> I really got nothing out of that, right? But you know what? The guy who shared it oh, thought it yeah. was spectacular. Yeah. And so your story is like that, right? Sure. Your story may be boring to you. It may be boring to your spouse. It may be boring to somebody. Else. But there's somebody out there who really needs to hear it. Yeah. So share it. Um, isn't it funny how we look at health differently as we age? All those aches and pains. You know, they get more frequent, they get more intense, but it takes us longer to get over things. My wife makes fun of me now because I've gotten to the point now, and I'm only 43 years old, but some days I feel like I'm 60. And so when I get up out of a chair sometimes, I'll do the, oh me. (laughs) She thinks that's the funniest. She (laughs) acts like I'm 80 years old when I do that. And I'm just verbalizing kind of what I'm feeling getting yeah. up out of that chair. So, uh, so yeah, I, I do look yeah. at health very differently now than even 10 years ago. Yeah. And you're like me. Um, you did some things when you were younger that beat your body up pretty bad. That yeah, make running it a little didn't bit do my joints in. Bull riding probably did my joints <laughs> Probably in. did a lot more on yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Well, here is an interesting study that was done recently. This study showed that our metabolism does not... Listen, listen to me now. Our metabolism does not change between the ages of 20 and 60. I heard this on the radio. Did you hear this on the radio? Is that where you heard it? I don't think so. Okay. I heard this on the radio just a few days ago. Well, it's a pretty fantastic uh, statement here and pretty interesting study. Yeah. I mean, I would would like to read the study because I disagree— with the statement, I think if I don't know this, I haven't read the study, but I would think if you read the study, it would say that our metabolism does change, but not for the reasons we say it changes. Yes, it's not because of uh, it's not uh, because of our age; it's because we stop doing things. That's right. But it, your metabolism 
for the vast majority of adults, it does change, but it's not because we get older. It's because we it's slow because down we and we don't slow do down. stuff. When we're kids, we're running and jumping and, you know, riding bulls and doing whatever, and and that that keeps that but it's metabolic not, threshold high. But it, it doesn't necessarily slow your metabolism down. You're just not burning the calories, period. Sure. When you're yeah. not moving. You know yeah. I mean? You're just not... You're just not burning them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, well, but the I mean the old the old wives tell you here is, well, you just can't do anything about gaining weight when you get older because your metabolism slows down. Yeah. That is categorically wrong. Yes, you can absolutely do something yeah. about it. Yeah, you know, and I love to see young folks that get it. You know, I've yeah. got a couple of sisters yeah. on, on my cross country team, Kay and Catherine. Yeah, who they were homeschooled. They're very. They're very, very disciplined in yeah. everything that they do. And you would think that putting McDonald's in their body was the same thing as cyanide to them. <laughs> I mean, really, truly. And that's the way they look at things. Right. And But they understand the long-term impact mm-hmm. even at their young age. And it's really good to see young folks who get that. Sure. Young folks who aren't going to be beaten to death because of bull riding. Right. <laughs> Now, easy, Dean. <laughs> well, here's a story about somebody who recognized the importance of taking care of yourself. And it comes from Steve Halleck from Dahlonega, Georgia. Uh, love Dahlonega, Georgia. I used to have a rodeo in Dahlonega. Oh, yeah? I did. Oh, wow. Yeah. Here's the story. It's called <clears throat> My Faith and Running Saved Me. My Faith and Running Saved Me. But before I share my story, I have to be honest. Running was not always good to me. I will never forget my experiences running in junior high and high school. For me, it was always pure agony. I would instantly get shin splints. I believe that some people were simply not designed to run, and I was one of them. So how does a person who grew up avoiding running find himself writing a devotion about running? It began when I went to pick up a prescription drug at my local drugstore. As I waited for the prescription to be filled, I noticed a small chair with an arm cuff that measured blood pressure. I had never measured my blood pressure before, and I thought, why not give it a try? I remember asking the pharmacist if something was wrong with the machine when it stated that my blood pressure was in the contact a doctor now zone. (laughs) Long story short, I was placed on blood pressure medication and told I would probably have to take uh, take it the rest of my life. My doctor also suggested I lose some weight. At 225 pounds, I never thought I was out of shape, but I took the doctor's suggestion as a challenge. I immediately changed my eating habits, bought a treadmill, and started walking on that treadmill every day. I didn't stop walking for 18 months. You might recall that that scene in the movie Forrest Gump where he started running one day and simply never stopped. That was me on a treadmill. If I didn't log 30 minutes or more on the treadmill every day, I would not feel good. A year later, I lost my job. I was a C-level executive working for a very successful company, and a private equity group acquired us. A new CEO meant new management team. My daily prayers included a request that God would point me where he wanted me to go, I never let my faith be diminished. Isaiah 40, 30 says, Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. 
As weeks of looking for a job turned into months and months into a year, I recognized that I was becoming my own worst enemy. I wasn't going through the full gamut of human emotions, including doubt, frustration, anger, and depression. Uh, I was going through those emotions. I felt like a broken cog not fitting into society. I felt everyone around me was on a fast-paced conveyor belt moving forward, and I had fallen off, never to get back on. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. This passage provided me optimism. I decided to put a new focus on my walking and set new physical challenges. God has blessed me with good physical health and physical exercise gave me motivation to reach my goals while reading the the Bible kept me calm with where I was in my life. During my first day of judgment, I woke up the same time I always did. Excuse me. What did I say? (laughs) Judgment. Man. (laughs) During my first day of unemployment, I woke up the same time I always did. I told myself I would continue to do this despite having nowhere to go. I figured, why break my routine as I would use the early morning hours to walk? The problem was the treadmill was located in our master bedroom, and my wife was never, has never shared my passion for early morning wake-up. It was 5 a.m., and that's when I had an epiphany. Why not go outside and walk? What a concept! Why hadn't I thought of this before? My daily walks turned into five- and six-mile jaunts. I had another epiphany. If I could run instead of walk, I could complete my workout in half the time. In January, I was visiting my mom, who lives in the southwest. On a brisk but beautiful early morning day, I was walking towards an intersection towards an intersection light in the distance and wondered if I could run to that light without stopping. I did. Once past the light, I picked out another and then another. Before I realized what had happened, I had turned around and ran all the way back to my mom's house. I jumped in the car and drove the route I had just run to see what the distance was. I was in total disbelief. I ran almost two miles without stopping. This was life-changing for me. With a newfound confidence and the spirit of an Olympian, I naturally set my sights on the Atlanta Peachtree Road Race. Why not? I have lived in Atlanta since 1991 and had watched this race on television for many years. For those that are not familiar with it, The Peachtree Road Race is one of the largest 10K races in the U.S. with 60,000 runners participating. It has become a traditional July 4th event in Atlanta since 1970. It was July 4th, 2012, and I showed up on race day not knowing anything about running in an organized race environment. I was doing this solo, but loved the challenge. I could not have imagined what I was about to experience as I walked upon the scene walked upon the scene and the staging area about two hours early. The entire scene was almost a sensory overload with loudspeakers playing patriotic songs, tens of thousands of participants and spectators everywhere, helicopters in the sky, banners flying, and the emotions of everyone around me almost palpable. This was so much better than watching from a couch at home. I decided instantly I would do this each and every year. One of the things each of us learns as we get older is that our health is one of the greatest treasures God gives us. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? 
You are not your own, but you are bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. I have lost too many family, uh, too many family, friends, and co-workers to take life and my health for granted. Running has given me confidence in my life when I needed it the most. It has provided me a platform to compete against my own personal goals. What other sport gives you the opportunity to come together with like-minded people, each competing in their own race, yet amongst each other, and getting the reward of crossing the finish line amongst people cheering you on as if you were an Olympian competing for gold? It is present day, and I run five to six miles three to four times per week. I have shed 50 pounds. I run in the top 10% with my age bracket. I am once again a C-level executive. I love running. I love God. God is truly awesome. Mm-mm. That's a great story by Steve. And I, I know exactly, I mean, my very first race was the Peachtree Road yeah. Race. And I know exactly what he's talking about. It was, it's why I learned that I don't like big, big races. Because <laughs> yeah. it is. It, I think it's actually the largest 10K in the world, isn't it? It he was said, at one time. I okay. don't know if it still is, but it probably is. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, it's. It's hard to imagine that many people in a downtown Atlanta, a big city, running a 10K. But yeah. it's just, uh, I mean, obviously I was in one of the very back corrals because I had never run before. And I mean, when you're back there, you don't know this because you're usually up in the front corrals, but there's times where you can't even run. I mean, it's just so, <laughs> show, but it's the atmosphere that's it's really pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, and the, and the spectators along the route, I mean, it's... Yeah, it's it's a pretty cool race. It take this is this is how big it is. Now I ran the Peachtree Road race before there were corrals. Mm. Okay, so you just got there and you just elbowed your way into where you wanted to be on the road. That was it. You're trying to get past Moses and Abraham and all those people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but the, the they said back then when everybody started together, it would still take the last person almost an hour to cross the starting line. Oh, it was much more than that. Well, now it is because they have they have crowds and they start people at different times. Yeah. But even back when everybody started at the same time, it took an hour for the last person to cross the starting line. The person that won the race was done in half that amount of time. They were on the plane back to Kenya by the time I finished. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Except back then it was Craig Virgin and he was an American. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. (laughs) One of the things that he said in here, one of the quotes he said, and I love this quote, he said, One of the things each of us learns as we get older is that our health is one of the greatest treasures God grants us. Man, that's a mouthful and so true. It is. Yeah, and, you know, we've talked about this concept before. Um, We we used the illustration one time, if I borrow your truck, I'm going to give your truck back in better shape than, than when I borrowed it. And, yeah, I mean, it goes to the point that we've talked about several times that these bodies are not ours. They're, yeah. they're gods, and mm-hmm. we should treat them that way. And, and yeah, you're right. I mean, I did some crazy stuff when I was young and, and beat my body up pretty good. I'm sure you did too. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, as we get older and older, we 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 begin to recognize more and more of the um, what we do to our body matters. Yeah. And it, and it becomes all that much more important as we get older for yeah. sure. And I'm still learning. For example, jumping over I fences. don't jump over fences anymore. So, <laughs> but yeah, you signed up for a steeplechase. Well, you know that's different. But you won that, so yeah, we'll give you a yeah. pass on that. And uh, for I, I would I would kind of brag and say I didn't fall. 
but it was close a few times. So I saw I'm a picture of that. one where it was very close. <laughs> I mean, the picture, you know which picture I'm talking about, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. It's you're coming over the barrier, and I'm like, he's he's going down face first on this. <laughs> no, that was one of the better ones. <laughs> <laughs> Isaiah forty thirty says, Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. There's nothing like experience, right? As we get uh, older, mm-hmm. we get smarter uh, because of experience. I remember when I was, this was back before I knew, there was a guy named Tim Ensign. He's a good, good friend of mine now. He's the guy that organizes our master's group every year. This was back at a time when Tim was Tim was crazy fast at that time. And there was an 8K race they have in Chattanooga every year. And I remember the race took off. And, of course, in every race, there's always some young kids. There's some 17-year-olds who just, boom, they take off, and they're leading the race for the first 100 meters, 200 meters, every single time. Mm-hmm. And I remember Tim going, ah, don't worry about those young bucks. They're coming back. <laughs> and uh, and sure enough, of course, you know, half mile into the race, you're, these guys are like, <gasps> and we're just running right by them. And, yeah. Um, uh, but it's because as we get older, we realize there's a lot of wisdom in having a little bit of restraint mm-hmm. in the things that we do. And just like having a restraint at the beginning of that race and understanding that everything's coming back. Um, it, it's the way that it's the way that it works. How many times do you find yourself or when your kids were young, how many times did you find yourself saying something to your kids and you remembering my dad used to say that Yeah. and we hated it when we were young and our dads were saying that our parents were saying that. And here we are saying the same thing. And that, that is wisdom. I mean, that is truly wisdom. It's, it's learning that the things you were taught are actually good principles and you're passing those along. And that's, to me, that's the, the epitome of wisdom. Yeah, it is. First Corinthians ten thirteen. no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with it, with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Um, seems like we just talked about this one recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe on the podcast, uh, you know, he's talking about the the children of Israel here, and how how they had all these reasons to believe, um, and yet many of them didn't, mm-hmm. uh, and they met with really harsh circumstances because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, God gives us these reasons to be faithful, mm-hmm. and yet we we ignore them. Um, there's reasons really truthfully, and I've thought about this a number of times because we're all tempted on things, right? We, we all do things and we go, oh. it, it, you, you, you kind of yield to that temptation before you even realize it. And then you take a step back and you realize there's every reason to mm-hmm. not do what I just did or think what I just thought because God has shown me why I shouldn't do that or why I shouldn't think that. Yeah, we actually uh we actually talked about this last night in, in our, our youth group at church, you know, the idea of tempting versus testing. You know, we've talked yeah. about that yeah, over yeah. here and, and, mm-hmm. and tempting is from the devil, testing is of God and it 
And sometimes those can look very similar. Mm -hmm. You know, it can be, but you can always kind of put a litmus test to it. You you talked about yielding to temptation and, and you can also yield to a test. You know, yielding to temptation has a bad outcome. Yielding to a test has a good outcome. You know, it's it's the difference of, you know, do you something is tempting you, maybe it's something you're looking at, doing whatever, and, and if you give in, that leads to something bad. But on a test, when God is testing you, it may be something like, you know, you're I heard on the radio, uh, Ted Gokey, who's part of J103, uh, that, that helps us with this podcast, he was talking about if you're driving down the road and you see a lady from your church carrying groceries and you can tell she's struggling, well, that could be a test. You know, God God has put that lady in your path to pull over and stop and help her. And that, that yielding to that test produces good. Yeah. Um, but sometimes, and I, I don't even know any examples right now, but sometimes... You know, I found myself in positions before where you're 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 kind of asking the question, God, is this is this temptation or is this a test? Yeah. Um, and so many times we try to blame God for temptations. Yeah. But they're not from God. Yeah. Testing testing of your faith produces all kind of good things that it talks about in Scripture. Mm-hmm. Uh, temptation will never produce good things. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I've, I've looked at it this way from a temptation standpoint, if kind of building on what I was saying a minute ago, if you'll look God straight in the eye when you're tempted, <laughs> it'll be easy, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and that's that's where we have to get to. We have to get to the point where that that's our instinct, right. is to look God right in the eye and go, okay, God, what do you think? Because it'll be clear at that point. It'll be like, there won't be a decision to make. Right. It'll be made at that point. Well, and, and I've heard it put this way before too. Temptations will always satisfy the flesh. Yeah, testing kind of gets the flesh out of its comfort zone. Yeah. It's doing something to make you better. Temptation will satisfy the flesh but make you worse spiritually. And yeah. that's how you can usually decide. I mean, eating a humongous piece of chocolate cake tonight, I mean, that's going to satisfy the flesh, but it's it's not going to do anything good for me. Are you sure? Yeah, well, that's that's a different discussion. That's You just hurt my feelings. <laughs> but, but yeah. You get you get what I'm saying. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, one hundred percent. First Corinthians six nineteen. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? Hmm. How many things would we do differently if we really, really believe this? You know what I mean? Um, I, in the context of when you're going to have company over to your house. Mm-hmm. You guys are pretty good about keeping your house pretty clean to, st- to, to start with, but I'm sure, mm-hmm. I'm sure that when you're having company, there's probably you a little tidy bit up. of... We, we, yeah, oh, we got to make sure everything is dusted and everything's just mm-hmm. right, right? Um, so, so we do that, but that we work so hard to, to, to do that, but... Yet we don't prepare our bodies for the things that we have to do mm-hmm. by, by getting ready. We, we don't care <laughs> about the body we live in, mm-hmm. but we care about the house we live in and how it's presented. Sure. And I don't understand that, that difference, but it's, it's really bad in our society. It is, people, yeah. People just don't, don't, 
don't care. Um, but I remember when I was young, talk about cleaning the house. Man, I hated when we, I, I didn't want to have company. I didn't want anybody coming to my house <laughs> because I knew what that meant. We were going to spend all day cleaning and I didn't like to clean. That's all I knew. Well, our bodies, think about this. Our bodies are hosting the Holy Spirit. Hmm. So if we look at it that way, shouldn't we want our bodies to be as clean as possible? Sure. Maybe that'll maybe that'll change the way you look at that piece of chocolate cake we were just talking about, right? Oh, I look at it the way I'm supposed to look at it. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. But it's do I yield to temptation or not is the question. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know exactly how I'm supposed to look at it. And I look at it that way, and yeah. I I know when it's going in my mouth, <laughs> what what's happening. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's there again. That's the flesh. Yep. Um, so yeah. But all of those things that all includes includes good eating, exercise, anything else that keep it takes to keep your body in good working order. Um, all of those things are included mm-hmm. in in being being ready um, to host the Holy Spirit. A question. Have you experienced some moments of weakness when you needed God's strength? God's strength. Yeah. yeah. Is there anybody who hasn't? Right, yeah. Um, usually comes at a time for me when I feel sorry for myself. Mm-hmm. You know, you ever just get to that point where you just feel, you, you're just feeling sorry for yourself and you're like, I'm just going to do whatever just because what's the point? Yeah. What's the point in trying so hard? Right? Right. We all get to that point. And, um, I, I remember the time that I realized where I was going and where I was headed back at a time. And I've probably told this before on here, but um, when I became unemployed. Mm-hmm. And at first it was like, it was kind of fun at first, you know, mm-hmm. just to wake up and to sleep mm-hmm. a little bit more, to wake up in the morning and feel rested because I didn't have to get up super early to get to work. And, um, and I was able to, I was training for a triathlon. I was able to get out on my bike and ride, you know, 60 mile ride was no big deal. I could do it every day mm-hmm. if I wanted to. Uh, and it, it was, it was nice for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it got to the point where, uh, I remember somebody asking me one day, you know what, when, when, when guys get together, what do we talk about? Our jobs, our yeah. family, or yeah. Kids. What, what do you do? Yeah, you know what, and that's what we say. That's the that's the the ultimate question. What do you do? Right. And uh, and I remember somebody asking me that, and at that point it was like, well, I'm kind of a bum. I don't really do anything, mm-hmm. you know. And that's that's the way that was my attitude, and I was feeling sorry for myself. And I remember getting to a really really low spot, and, and getting to that point where, um, that that realization of what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Why are you feeling sorry for yourself? And it was like, it was, it was like God just, he, he let me just keep going down this path that I didn't need to go down that he knew was bad for me, mm-hmm. but I kept going down that path. And then all of a sudden it's like he put this huge billboard in front of me that said, okay, that's enough. <laughs> Cut it out. Quit feeling sorry for yourself turn around and look i'm right here behind you yeah and i turned around and i looked and guess what right there he was. he was right there and and it was just every part of my life in that moment and it was a moment it wasn't a this wasn't a uh 
This wasn't a, a, a morph over a week. It was in this moment. I, I, I feel this way at this moment. And a moment later, I feel completely different. Every part of my life changed because I turned around and realized, oh, yeah, I just need God's help. You gave it to God. I did. And, and that's the thing that it's, I can I can hear it, I can understand it when you're talking, but that feeling, you can't explain it. Right. I mean, I get it because I've been there, I've been in the same mm-hmm. exact spot basically. Mm-hmm. And it's, for people that don't know what the presence of God feels like, what you're describing is, but yeah. even then you can't describe it. You That's can't right. describe the feeling, the emotion, the sensation that comes over your body. And like we've talked about before, how do you know when God's talking? It's because many times it doesn't make sense and you just can't explain it. Yeah. And if you've ever been there, you know exactly what you're talking about. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that just kind of gives me cold chills when you say it. You turn around and right there he is. It's not like you have to go back and find him. Yeah. You know, you hear people say, I'm on my journey to to find meaning in my life, to find Christ. Well, there, there is no searching. Yeah. There, there's turning around. Yeah, that's it. If you're, if you're looking down in a dark black hole, you're, all you're going to see is a dark black hole. Yeah. But if you turn around, you're going to see the light immediately. Yeah, if you've ever... I remember Matthew, my, my oldest son. I, I had no idea this was going to happen. In the fifth grade, they write this, this thing for D.A.R.E. It's the keeping kids off of drugs thing. And he wrote this essay, and... He won the school contest um, for that essay, mm-hmm. and so he got to read it in front of the school, and I had no idea he was going to do that. I thought I was going to just some regular school thing, and um, it was going to be like any other. He was going to take his turn to come up and get his awards and go sit down, and that was going to be it, and then they called his name to come read his essay. His mother knew this, and I didn't, and I was, it was the coolest surprise. But I remember the emotion was just overwhelming about how how I felt and how proud I was and how cool it was for that to happen. There was no buildup to it. It was just boom. Yeah. All of a sudden, boom, all this emotion. And that's kind of the way it is when, when you turn around and you realize God's right there. Yeah. It's just a sudden, it's just, I mean, it's just huge and big. Uh, so I, that's probably not a really good example, but it's. Well, it's but it, it goes to the point when people say, well, Prove to me God's real. Well, that, that's hard to do. I mean, it, it. We can take you through historical evidence, and you know, the, the cold case Christianity. I love that book because it 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 kind of it kind of gives you the functional aspects of how to prove that Jesus is who He says He is. But the Holy Spirit is much more proof than you're ever going to find in any book. It's it's a presence that you can't explain, but you know that it's real. And that's very comforting as a child of God because yeah. we don't have to prove anything we know. Yeah, yeah if you could get anybody to feel mm-hmm. the way you feel in that moment, you wouldn't have to explain anything. Because you know somebody's there. Yeah, Can't see anybody, but he's there. Yeah. Another question, have these experiences caused discouragement and kept you from meeting your goals? Uh, I think a lot of times these type of experiences can, can do one of two things. They can, they can send you into 
dark places, if you don't have hope. But if you do have hope in Christ, these will motivate you and they'll be used as stepping stones to make you better. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I mean, we, all we got to do is point to Paul. I mean, we, we point to Paul so many times. I, he had joy in his affliction. All these setbacks and discouragements that he had, he just used those as, as rocks to keep stepping and stepping and stepping to ultimately get to his goal. And, you know, that's the great thing about having hope. I mean, I mean, the word hope means that there's something beyond what you're going through right now. And we have that in Christ. But for many people who, who don't know Christ, they don't have that. And so that can lead them into dark places and not meeting their goals and, and feeling as if there's, you know, what what's this life for? Mm-hmm. If there is no hope, if you don't know Christ. And, um, but if we have Christ, that can be used as a stepping stone. Yeah. We saw it with the people, uh, with the, the Israelites. Sure. You know, their, their, their experience that caused them discouragement, um, that, that literally kept them from meeting their goal. It kept them out of the Holy Land for a long time because of the way they looked at their, those experiences that they should, they had every reason to look at their experiences differently than they did mm-hmm. uh, because of all the amazing things that they had seen. But they chose a different route. And I think that's important because us in our lives, we have the ability to look at things in different different to look at the things in front of us just the way the Israelites looked at the things that were in front of them. Mm-hmm. There are reasons for us to have joy. Paul realized that. He realized mm-hmm. that there was a reason <clears throat> to be joyful, even though the th- even though he was in prison. There were things that were there to be joyful about. Even though the Israelites were in the desert and wandering around, and uh, they had every reason to believe in what was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and... That fa- failure to see what was right in front of them cost them forty years. Right. Um, it was the focus. It was the wrong focus. Yep. You know they 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 had things that they could actually focus on and see. I mean, they had a cloud by day and yeah. fire by night. Yeah. And food raining down from heaven and seas parting. And I mean, they had they had incredible things right in front of them. And sometimes we say that, well, they had all these incredible things right in front of them. And they still turned away. How much more are we going to turn away if we don't? But we have those same things. It's we don't have parting of the sea, but we have the we have medicine now. Yeah. I mean, that in and of itself is a miracle from God. Mm-hmm. Um, we have ways to save loved ones who who might ultimately just fifty years ago die because of a disease. That yeah. that is a Miracle. That is really no different in in proof of God as a, yeah. a, a pillar cloud or fire by night. It, it it's we like to we like to make it unequal, but it's really not. These are all God at work. So for us today, we have more of a reason, sure, than the Israelites had because we have what the Israelites saw. We know about that, and we know about all these modern day things. And so we have even more reason to believe than they did. Last question. How are you honoring God with your body? 
I mean, I, I'm hoping that's what we're doing mm-hmm. with Run for God. Yeah. It's just trying to get folks to to do more of that. Um, it's 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 just a piece of what running is. Sure, you know, running is is definitely that. Uh, and I think sometimes we miss that. Um, every time we go for a run, really in a very small way, we're honoring God yeah. because we're taking care of something he told us to take care of. He told us to take care of our bodies, and we're, we're doing that. Right. And it's and it's just being intentional. It's yeah. it's being, you know, do I you use the example of cleaning our house when neighbors come. Do Do I clean my house every single day? No. But I'm always thinking about it. You know, I'm always picking up. I don't I don't let my house just get completely trashed. Yeah. You know, I'm always keeping it tidy so when the neighbors do come, I just I just need to put a few things in their place and, and it's ready. And that's that's kinda how we should be with our bodies. It's can you can you have a, a, a Reese peanut butter cup every now and then? Yeah. yeah. But don't have one for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, seven days a week, <laughs> that that'll catch up with you. Right. Um, it's being intentional. It's thinking about. It. You mentioned the the two girls on your cross country team. They're 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 thinking about the food, mm-hmm. and that's half the battle. Is because so many times we just don't think we do, and we just need to be intentional. Yep. Absolutely. While you are working hard to keep your body in shape physically, the music you listen to while you run can help keep you in shape spiritually. We have partnered with J Radio to put together a group of running playlists by Mitchell, Lane, Holly, me, and others that you hear on the Run Club podcast. Plus, you can listen to a playlist put together by members of Run Club just like you. Check out the whole station of Run For God playlist now at jradio.com and in the J Radio app. All right, we're back and it is cross country season. It is. Are you ready for those big college meets? I am, yeah. That those are a lot further away than these high school meets. <laughs> yes, they are. We're gonna be doing some driving. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I'm excited to see. I mean, I think I'm excited. Lane's excited. Um, we're all excited to see. I'm I'm excited that Landon's back this year. Yes. You know, he kind of he took a year off. We didn't know if running was gonna be his thing or not, and he didn't run last year. And just all out of the blue this year, he said, "I think I'm gonna run cross country." Actually, he didn't even tell us. He told one of our neighbors. Yeah. And our neighbor said, I hear Landon's running cross country. And we're like, he hasn't told us that. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's back. And um, yeah, I love to see my boys running. It's just, yeah. it's something, it's it's really cool to see. I hope that um, in Louisville this year, uh, I don't know if you plan to go to that race or not. You need to go there. You need to go to that race. Yeah. It is, that is the biggest race I've ever seen. Really? And it's not even close. You know, you've been to the the Atlanta Track Club race in Cartersville. Yeah. And it's it's pretty big. The wing, I mean, it, wing foot. Yeah, it's pretty big. Yeah, really. Nothing compared to Louisville. Really, it is unbelievable. So is is it all different divisions? Yeah, yeah. There'll be there'll be all different divisions. There's three races for each gender there, and each race will have. If it's as big as it used to be before the pandemic, and it may not be quite that bit back to that that size yet, there were about sixty teams per race. Wow. Yes. 
So think about that. The, the starting line in Louisville is more than 100 yards wide. Wow. Um, it's just – it's enormous. And is it at 8K for the guys, I guess? 8K for the guys, 5K for the women. Hmm. Yep. So it's a See, great I race. I still haven't got really my head around the whole 8K thing. I, I still – by the end of the year, I'm sure I'll know. It's, what, just look at it as five miles. What times are good. Yeah, but still, that doesn't. I have to think about that too long. I still <laughs> tell Lane, equate that back to a 5K for me. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, well, you know, we've been used to seeing Lane at the front of races. You know, he's going to get to some of these races and get his clock cleaned. And yeah, it's, well, that's good, it's though. It's going to be different. That, it is going to be good is, for That him, is for sure. good. I, I'm a, I hate to say I'm excited to see that happen, but. That's that's going to make him up his game. I mean, you, you yeah. never want to be the fastest one in every single race. It's, it's true. Um, so I think it's I think it's really going to help his his running, which is kind of a key component that he needs for his triathlon world. Yeah. And uh, so I think this year's going to be good for him. Yeah, it'll be fun to watch. I can't wait to see him. All right, it is time for Dean's thoughts, and that is a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. So do you like formulaic ways of dealing with things? Yes. I know you like smart goals. Mm -hmm. So, uh, well, I came up with a way to keep your brain focused on the positive. Um, It's kind of formulaic. uh, And that's what a lot of some people like. And so let's, let's, let's try this out. It's called the ARP method. A-R-P. A-R-P. Thought that was Americans retired persons. (laughs) That's the A-A-R-P. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I'm not clear about when it began or who started the practice, but many basketball players wear a rubber band or bracelet around their wrist to help them change bad habits. Here's the way they work. If I'm a point guard and I commit a turnover, I snap the rubber band on my wrist, and it's sort of a punishment, and it reminds me that I need to replace the bad thought that led to the turnover into a smarter decision. Does it work? Well, many players think it does. I'd like to propose, propose Dean's modifications to that method. You can wear a rubber band if you like, or just think about it. Think along these lines. I call it the ARP or ARP method. It stands for acknowledge, remind, and proceed. It is really just a summary of how our brains should work. A. Start by acknowledging what went wrong. This is where the rubber bracelet is snapped. Let's use the example of not getting out to run. It could be that it was on your schedule and something came up or you're too tired or any other excuse you may use to skip your run. It doesn't matter at this point what the reason is. You're just acknowledging that it happened. There's no point in blaming anything or anyone. You wanted to do it and you didn't. Acknowledgement complete. R. The second step is to recall what it is that you want to do and why it is important that you do it. While it may be important at this point to understand why you didn't do it, it is far more important to begin to find solutions for the next time the same issue crops up. This is where you remind yourself why you're running and why it's important to execute your runs. And then P. Finally, the third step is to proceed to the solution and think about what you plan to do when confronted with the issue next time. Envision yourself following through and completing that run, even though it may be hard to do. When the time comes to run next time, 
your brain is programmed to resist the temptation to excuse yourself from the run. Will it work? Well, it may, depending on how firmly you imprint the need to get it done next time. We all struggle with getting everything done we wish to complete. There are a million reasons, and some of them are even legitimate. Sometimes we make mistakes. Sometimes our decision-making process just doesn't work efficiently. We're human. We have to understand that interrupting our thought process is the only way that we can change. If we continue to think the same way we have always thought, we're going to get more of what we have always gotten. Ask yourself if that's a good thing. If not, maybe this process is what you need to interrupt the old way of thinking and create new, better, and healthier habits. I've been talking in terms of running, but you can apply this to everything you do. We all know the scripture that tells us that the gate that leads to destruction is wide and that he is the narrow gate that we are to choose. The wide gate is easy and the narrow gate is more difficult. The sheep gate in Jerusalem was a narrow gate. Animals were led through the gate to be sacrificed in the temple. Once an animal went through that gate, it typically never came back through. We all have choices to make. Do the right thing or the wrong thing. The hard thing or the easy thing. When Jesus is the narrow gate, the decision is easy. Even though we know we're headed through a gate where things could very well be much tougher on the other side. The decision to follow Jesus will always be worth it. When you take the path of least resistance, you're often taking the wide gate. It doesn't matter if that's the example of missing a run or choosing not to help or stand up for those who need help. Either way, you're making a choice. And that is the thing we don't want to hear. When we choose anything but Jesus, it is still a choice. If something gets in the way of your run, you still didn't run no matter how good the excuse is. When we have rejected Jesus, we're still separated from God no matter why we made the choice. Changing your pattern of thinking is difficult, but it has to be done. Whether you choose the ARP to, to ARP your way to better decisions or simply to just do the right thing, there are great things waiting on the other side of that narrow gate. Go see what it is. That's a great story, Dean. That's a that's a that is a great reminder of personal responsibility. That's yeah. just what stuck out to me is yeah. that screams personal responsibility, which we don't like that a lot of times. No. I think you even said it in here, sometimes it's not what you want to hear. Yep. yep. But it's it's what we need to hear. Um and it's something that's kind of fleeing in our society to why didn't you run today? Well, we'll give 25 reasons but the the point is we didn't run today or we didn't get out the door and do that thing today or we'll, we'll make all these excuses but it really comes down to we just need to acknowledge like you said we didn't run yeah yeah <laughs> and that's really all you got to say yeah instead a lot of times we look at it like uh, like a river or electricity things that just you know rivers flow in whatever direction they flow mm -hmm. and it's the path of least resistance. Right. Electricity flows to that area of path of least resistance. Mm -hmm. That's what it does automatically without thinking. And for a lot of people, that's what we do. Mm -hmm. We take that path of least resistance and go to that place that's easiest. Sure. Um, you know, uh, if I go to a hotel 
where um, the stairs are just more convenient because sometimes they are. Sometimes they're in a location that's more convenient. I'm taking the stairs. Um, even though the elevator's easy, I'm going to take the stairs. Sometimes I'll go out of my way to take the stairs just because recently Debbie wanted to get her steps in. We were at a hotel. We walked all through the, ho- the, the hotel, through the halls, up and down the stairs, and all over the place so she could get her steps in. You have to be intentional and get outside of doing what's easiest sometimes right. to get there. Um, but we like to take that path that we can drive a truck through. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, I remember years ago, Debbie and I, we went to Hawaii for our anniversary, and we went on the road to Hana. Have you ever been on the road to Hana? Is that on? It's, is that on the? What island were y'all? On? It's. I think that one's. Is that one on Maui? Is that one on Oahu? I can't remember now. <laughs> That's so bad. We've been to each of those places, and I hate to. I hate to. Anyway, the road to Hana is very famous. Mm-hmm. Drive. Uh, well, it had to be on Maui. No, didn't have to be. Anyway. We drove this road to Hana because it's famous and you're supposed to drive this road. But here's the thing about the road to Hana that they don't tell you. If you never get out of your car, it's an okay drive. Yeah. It's neat, but it's way better if you stop on the side of the road and you go check stuff out. Mm -hmm. One of the coolest places that we, we stopped, we stopped and we hiked through the woods a little ways. And we actually hiked through uh, kind of a river. I mean, like waist deep. We had to go through, and we saw all these people in their normal clothes walking through this water, getting soaking wet, and we're like, "There must be something down there." We got to see what's on the other yeah. side of this, and so we did. And sure enough, we got there, and it was cool, and yeah. it was it was totally worth getting soaking wet when we didn't even plan to, to see what we saw on the other end. That's kind of the way life is. Mm-hmm. In order for us to see the best stuff and to experience the best things. We gotta get out of the car. Sure, you're not gonna see the best stuff from the car. You may have a great life and see some pretty cool stuff from the car, but it's way better up close. Right. And so we gotta get out of the car, and and to to see those best things. Um, God doesn't want us traveling like a river or like electricity, um, just going with the flow. He wants us to get out of the car. Mm-hmm. He wants us to see what because a lot of times what he has for us is that short hike through the woods yeah, um, and through that little river. Um, and if we're willing to put in a little bit of effort to follow his will for our lives, to seek his will and then follow his will, oh my goodness, the things we're going to see. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just... We, we actually talked about this on this podcast last week, just kind of clearing our schedules just enough. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you had to be somewhere on that drive that you were just talking about, you would have never stopped. You know, some, right. Sometimes it's, we need to clear our schedule some yeah, and just be in tune with what God's telling us. Maybe it, maybe it is stopping to help somebody on the side of the road and you never know what that'll turn into or it's stopping to see a, an elderly person who doesn't have people coming by and seeing them. You never know what that's going to turn into. God puts all these things in our lives so many times you know, this walking through this river and seeing this incredible view or whatever it was. But too many times we're just so busy. Yeah. And, you know, I had one of those days yesterday where I I got home last night and it was like, 
it's like I didn't even have time to think that day. And I, I really try hard to make my days not like that. You know, society says that's good. Yeah. You're productive and just fill your day. But that's not good. It's not. You know, we need to have those times where we can just listen to God and, and go where he's telling us to go. And, you know, like the like the story we talked about last week where the lady wanted to turn right on a run or she wanted to yeah. turn left on a run and God told her to turn right. And look what that turned into. But yeah. so many times we're focused on the things we want to do and the schedule we need to keep or we feel like we need to keep that we just miss God altogether. And it's not it's not missing God in the sense that um, we're missing uh, salvation. You know, you can be a, a firm child of God. But he has so much more for us. Yeah. That are that is cool and the views and the people. But so many times we're so busy we just blow by all of that. Yeah, you know, something just hit me. I think about this. That over the last week, our our world has been kind of upended. Yeah. Over the last week, right? Yeah. We would have said prior to last week, we didn't have time. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't have time for stuff and to do things and for people. Well, guess what? When your son is laying in a hospital bed and can't move, you, you find the, the time. You, you clear, clear the schedule. schedule. That's yeah. right. So there is time. Yeah. We just don't choose. Time is a choice. Time is a choice. What we do yeah. in our, with our time is yeah. a choice. And we don't like to admit that. Um, you know, anytime you say, I don't have time you need to take the don't out and put choose i i choose not to have time because it is a choice that's right period point blank it's a choice that's it if you've ever participated in any sport you've probably met a great coach great coaches inspire us to do more than we ever thought possible you can be the leader that helps others achieve things they never thought possible you yes you have the ability and the opportunity to be that person All you need is a heart to help people and the ability to follow a plan. The Run for God 5K Challenge will come ready to help you inspire those around you. The step-by-step guide will direct you how to plan, pray, and train people both physically and spiritually. You can help them become more fit in their health and in their walk with Christ. Share your passion. Go to runforgod.com to find out how to inspire others to accomplish big things. All right, we're back. You know, I had somebody recently tell me they didn't know who I, they didn't realize what I did. Um, this was somebody I just met, and mm-hmm. they were telling me how crazy it was. People run on the side of the road. Do you <laughs> know this, that? This person is telling you this? Yes, <laughs> and how dangerous that is. And I mean, people not using sidewalks. And I'm like, we don't have any sidewalks where I live. <laughs> uh, so. I don't think yet. He, he had no idea who he was talking to when he said it. And so I was like, um, yeah, I do that all the time. Yeah. Um, for like, I mean, literally thousands of miles. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> it was pretty funny. Um, but, you know, the, and the, da- you know, the danger level of running on the side of the road is not zero. It's not. It's not. But I it's not pe- near as high as what people think. No, but I know people. Um, I was in a race one time where a guy in the race got knocked over by somebody's, the mirror on their truck. Yeah. Knocked a guy over. 
Um, it happens. I've yeah. been very, very fortunate, and I realize it, and I thank God for the safety that he's put around me while I run. Um, but lately, we've gotten into this thing where we seem to feel like we can eliminate all risk. Right. And you can't eliminate risk. You just yeah. can't do it. And I don't. Need, I don't. And I don't think God wants us to eliminate right. risk. Uh, but that's, well, and I think it, talking about roads and running, and um, my my wife doesn't like it when I talk about this. But sometimes the the roads that are perceived to be the most dangerous are actually the safest. Yeah. You know, there's a road that that goes right in front of my house, which is Georgia Highway Two. It's a main highway. I mean. Cars are coming pretty fast down there, but it's actually safer than many of our back roads because it's got it's got a wide margin. You know, the the left side of the paint, there's, you know, two or three feet of asphalt. And then if, you know, you can see cars coming from a long way and you know if they're paying attention. That's one thing I always try to do. Sometimes mm-hmm. these close calls that we have. I'm not saying they're our fault, but it can be put on us a little bit because we're not paying attention. That's true. I always try to make contact, eye contact with people. Yeah. And if I can't make eye contact, if they're distracted, then I go ahead and step over two or three steps. And on some of these bigger roads, you can do that more easily than, you know, a back row where there may be 5% of the cars but you're going to get that one guy that's coming around headed to the landfill or whatever and he's on his phone coming around a curve and and there's no shoulder or no median that's or where there's it, a ditch a you ditch, literally yeah. can't get off the road yeah so mm-hmm. sometimes the roads that people perceive to be the worst are actually the safest yeah yeah that's a really good point um i was having a discussion with somebody recently about playing outside when we were kids mm-hmm. and i made this comment and they argued with me um that there's less crime today than there was when i was a kid but when I was a kid, we were allowed to play outside all day. And they said, there's not less crime today. I'm like, yeah, there is. They just, they wouldn't believe me. And so finally I pulled it up and I showed there's less violent crime today. It's, since 1990, violent crime has, has steadily gone down. Up until the last year or two, it steadily went down. And so it is actually safer for kids to play outside today than mm-hmm. it was 30 years ago. And yet, we are way more paranoid about letting our kids play out there um, because we're getting so risk-averse. We're Mm -hmm. so afraid of things happening. We have this 24-hour news cycle that is scaring us about everything. Mm -hmm. You know, today it's COVID. They're they're right. they're terrifying us about COVID. Now, is that is it a is COVID a good thing? No, it's not a good thing. We need to be careful. And we're not downplaying. No. It is severe. And we need to be smart right. about what we do. But we don't need to be hysterical. And we don't need to quit living our lives either. Right. And, exactly. Uh, you know, they had a, and and I don't want to be ugly about anything to, to any particular country, but in New Zealand they had one case and they shut the country down. Yeah. And I'm like, you can't eliminate risk. You right. just can't do it. I don't know. It doesn't seem reasonable to me. Here's what we know. No matter what happens, God is in control. Absolutely. And... uh the fact that we're so worried, like the crime thing, that we're so worried despite the facts, um, to me as a country, <laughs> as a society, is indicative of our lack of faith in God. Yeah. I, that's that's the way I look at it, I think. Uh, yeah, I think 
I think a, a big part of the problem is just what you said. It's the 24 hour news cycle. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're not getting political here because I'm not, I'm not saying a channel. Yeah. It's, it's all of them. It is. It's all of them. And I have really tried. I think we talked about this last week on the podcast. I have all but stopped watching the news just yeah. because my psyche is better. My, uh, my attitude is better. And so I, I, I'm watching tons of Aerial America. Isn't it awesome? <laughs> my wife is like, "Is this where we've come to? <laughs> is it? Is this what we're going to be doing the rest of our lives when our kids are gone? We're going to be the the couple watching Aerial American." I'm like, "But it's good. It's you know, because she can see when I watch too much news, she can see it in me. I mean, my attitude. Yeah. It just it it's 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 gotten to the point where it's a little bit toxic. You know, yeah. it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on." It's both sides because I do watch both sides and it is both sides and it's gotten toxic and, and we just need to, there again, that's one of those places. That's a choice of time that we're using to set aside to watch the news. Now, do we need to be educated on what's going on in our society in the world? Absolutely. But we don't need to sit there and binge watch it like many of us do. Like I used to do in the evenings from, from the time I got in the bed to the time I went to sleep, it was it was the news. Yeah. And it, I just, I feel better now that I'm not doing that. Yes, I watch enough. Usually it's in the morning now. I'll catch yeah. 10, 15 minutes in the morning to get the, you know, mornings they're usually doing the recaps. They're not diving into the the nuances of everything that's going on. And, and I just, I feel better. And yeah. it's, um, yeah. Thank God for our wives. My wife's the same way. In my house, now, people out there may think this is blasphemous or whatever. I don't care what you think, honestly. My wife is the is the owner of the remote control in my house. She mm. is the one that decides what's going to be watched. And I'm okay with that. See, Holly and, doesn't care. I mean, she really, you know. Yeah. Now, if it's back when it was the news a lot, she she she's the one that kind of prompted me yeah. to kind of pull away from that some. Because well, that's the way it is in our it, house, it too. Was, it was, yeah. but yeah, it's Ariel America or it's Guy Fieri. You know, diners, drives in, yeah. and dives. Uh, I love that show too. I don't think he's created a new one in like 15 years, but they're Still all brand the new to me. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We have a trivia question. Um, and this one is really vague. Uh, well, it's vague and specific at the same time. It's a very short question, I guess. And um, so here, here's the question Who is Caballo Blanco? No now, idea. if you're not uh, <laughs> if you're not Spanish and don't want to look at that, it's Caballo, C A B A L L O. If you need to look that up, Caballo Blanco. Who was Caballo Blanco? And you don't have That's any idea. One. I have no clue. Man, we can tell what book you didn't read by that answer, because <laughs> there is a famous running book where this guy is one of the central figures in it. Um. <laughs> So go check that out. Go figure out who Caballo Blanco is and get back to me. And if you're the first one to answer and send it to dean at runforgod.com, you can win a run club box. Not customer service, not Facebook Messenger. It has to be sent to dean at runforgod.com. That way he knows that he knows who is the first one to answer the question. And send me your T-shirt size and your address. And we'll get you a really cool run club box. Yes. Yes. Caballo Blanco. I like saying Caballo Blanco. I don't know why I like to say that. Caballo Blanco. So 
for everybody listening before that, we sign off. Do you know what Caballo Blanco is? I don't I don't know what that is. What is it's that? It's white horse. That's the Caballo Blanco in Spanish is white really? horse. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I'm smarter now, Dean. That's right. Now you know some Spanish. So before we start the sign off process, are you gonna join us this January for the coaching the couch to marathon challenge challenge? You're going to see it a lot. We've got these cool, funny-looking, goofy-looking guys on graphics and ladies. Um, but join us. It's it's going to be easy. It's going to be fun. And it's going to be life-changing. So Amen. join us this January. Yeah. Well, every week I share a reason why running is so awesome. And here's my reason for this week. Rain. We've had a lot of it the past few days. Yep, yep. Uh-huh. You know, as a runner, we don't mind rain near as much as a lot of people do, do we? Sure. Especially in the summer. In the wintertime, we don't like rain. Uh, but I actually like it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, man, there is nothing like a good run in the rain. There's mm-hmm. just nothing like it. It's awesome. And then our motivational thought of the week is this. It comes from Michael Ely, who is uh, – apparently he's an actor. I am not up – I am not a celebrity guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about celebrities. He may be a really famous actor. I have no idea. Uh, I'm not really in tune. But here's his motivational thought, which I really liked. Hey, I know it's Monday, but it's also a new day, a new week, and in that lies a new opportunity for something special to happen. Isn't that awesome? I like the idea of fresh starts, you know? Um, If you're listening to this on a a, a day other than Monday, that's okay. Monday's coming. Mm -hmm. Um, And you have 52 restarts every year, Mm -hmm. and I think that's kind of cool. It is. Um, I know that, like, if I'm... If I'm going to start a new training program or something, I always do it on a Monday. You know, my dad, we grew up building houses. He would never start a house on any day other than Monday. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That was just kind of one of his, I don't know if you call it a superstition or what, but he wouldn't start a house on a Thursday. He always started digging the footings on Monday. Huh. That's pretty cool. All right. Keep glorifying God and running and all that you do. May God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.